But yeah. you have to think, Ash is so fine that it's going to cause so many problems. Ash is so fine. Oh my god. The 2OC. The show that covers the things we love from two parts of the world. Orange County, California and Orange County, Florida. Welcome to episode 7. This episode of the 2OC we talk about How Screwed Are We, Apollo Solo, and Life Finds a Way. I'm Alan Flores. And I'm Anton Duong. Aaron Anton. Before you start off, I just want to do a little something really quick. There we go. Alright, now you can start. What are you drinking? Uh, just cracked open a can of New Belgium Juicy Watermelon. I had it over the hot weekend, so I thought I'd have one while we record. And how's that taste? Not bad. Uh, not too watermelony, but it's still kind of sweet and very refreshing. So good summer drink. It, would you say it's like uh, Jolly Rancher watermelon? No, it's a. Uh, it's still kind of a lager taste, like n- not not that sweet, but it's lager. It's refreshing, semi sweet. Does it kind of taste like that uh, acai beer that we had a while ago? Like where you know it's uh, the taste of acai, but it's more of a beer taste. A little bit sweeter than that, but yeah, very similar to that. That's pretty cool. I'm probably going to have to try that. But anyways, there's a lot of news this week. Oh, yeah. So I guess uh, let's dig into it. So the biggest one this week would be just within the span of just two days, which is the Star Wars Han Solo director dropped out, or directors. I think you're pretty familiar with these two directors. I'm blanking on their names, but yeah, didn't they do the Lego Batman, 21 Jump Street? Yeah, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, there you go. And the reason why they left is because of creative differences. And from what I've read and heard about so far is that they kind of had their own thing that they wanted to do. They wanted to get away from Lawrence Kasdan's writing and uh, some creative styles. Do you you know who Lawrence Kasdan is? No, I'm not. I'm bad with names when it comes to behind the scenes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, behind the scenes, he's a very important guy. He is one of the writers for pretty much a lot of the Star Wars films. He's kind of the OG in the oh, he's writing the, world. He's the writer for Empire Strikes Back, right? Yes, sir. And go. he is also one of the writers for The Force Awakens. Okay, all right. No wonder it was so badass. Yeah, so exactly. And I, I think that's the reason why it's so good. But uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they have a pretty good vision from what I heard. And I know that they have a wacky personality. So I, I thought the, the movie would have been good because, you know, the Han Solo that we know is silly and smart. He's a great outlaw. The problems that I was hearing was the two directors, they like to have their actors impro- improvise. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And the guy that wrote the script, he's very, this is my art. This is exactly the words I want on the screen because I th- I put them on the page for a reason. Mm-hmm. The way the directors work, it's more, they'll do the take, but they kind of like to let the actors play around with the, the scene a bit. Mm, that's true. I mean, 21 Jump Street was a funny movie, but terrible, terrible film. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, you know... Back then, when they they shot the first couple of movies of Star Wars, they kind of ad libbed a lot of things too. Because, uh, for example, Carrie Fisher and Han, uh, Han Solo, uh, Harrison Ford 
would always, you know, try to fix the script around a little bit, and they always ad lib their lines and add a couple of really epic ones. Well, they, okay, they alter the script a bit, but they were more. How can I put this? They they put more thought and work into what the revisions were. So yeah, that that's true. And I think one of the most famous lines that they worked on together was when Leia says, "I love you," and Han just replies, "I, I know." know. <laughs> So, you know, with, with that being said, I, I do agree with them that it's a great, you know, uh, feeling when you have something ad lib because it's those personal moments that you get in those movies. But however, you know, uh, I, I think Lawrence Kasdan does have his own say of a lot of things. But I mean, there has to be something that they could have compromised at least to keep things going. Yeah. Y- you know how long they've shot this movie for already, right? Yeah, I think like four months already. Yeah, they're already like four months in. And that's a whole chunk of the movie. I'm, I'm going to have to say it's probably more than half. Yeah, I've been hearing numbers from anywhere from 70 to 80% done already. Yeah. Uh, and uh, well, at least when they're leaving this project, they are getting some type of sum from this because the uh, Directors Guild uh, rules are that they have to get the remaining pay balance to their salaries. Well, okay, speaking of the Director's Guild, they might not even get credit for this movie. Yeah, but so far from... We'll get to it later, but, you know, for example, Edgar Wright, at least he got, you know, the credit that he wrote the movie and not directed. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I I would like to give them at least some type of credit. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, maybe like associate producer. Uh, not associate producer. Is there an associate director? Yes, <laughs> there is. Yeah, so maybe something like that. But who who's the other person that could potentially get credit for directing this movie? You haven't mentioned his name yet. Yeah, because it's very fresh. They announced it this morning, I think, or uh, early last no, or late last night. It was this morning. They were speculating la- yesterday. Yeah, they were speculating yesterday because they had a whole list of uh, directors. Mm-hmm. So uh, the big bomb that they dropped is Ron Howard. I love Ron Howard, but I think his most recent works that I'm I'm aware of are on the small screen. He's done a lot of uh, documentaries, and mm-hmm. the only big movie that he had was in the heart of the sea which is the moby dick movie yeah i think that's the most recent one that i'm aware of but i haven't seen it yet yeah see that's that's another thing i think he's only doing the movies that he likes to do and it just gave him another reason to work with um uh chris hemsworth again because he was great in this other movie that i'll mention later it's called rush but you know he did the da vinci which kind of worries me it's a good series, and it's really hard to do a lot of justice to the actual books. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's pretty faithful to keeping the, the actual contents of what's in there. But there were a lot of things that w- a lot of people wished that was in there to impact the story a little bit more. But because of it being on screen, he had to take a lot of stuff out. Yeah, and actually, I'm just on IMDb right now. They already are giving him, uh, n- not credit, but they already have him assigned as the director for the Han Solo movie. So yeah. So, they move quick. Uh, Yeah, the most recent ones he's been working on are Inferno, which is the sequel to, or prequel to uh, yeah, da, Vinci da Vinci Code. Code. Yeah, so all those. I mean, going through this, uh, yeah, like, Frost Nixon, that was in 2008, and I think that's, like, the last one I think I saw. 
uh, Rush, which you mentioned, but and that was 2013, but I haven't seen it. And he, I think the, the one that is the biggest for him would have to be A Beautiful Mind, because he actually won an Oscar for that. Uh, Apollo 13 also. Apollo 13 only got nominated, but they got a lot of awards for other things like editing and stuff like that. Really? I... But yeah, because that's the same year that Braveheart came out, and that stole the show. Oh, yeah, if if Braveheart wasn't out that year, uh, it, it would easily be Apollo 13. Yeah, I mean, and as other works, I think people that if they aren't movie fans, they'd recognize it from his uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I think he is a great director. Uh, he's a great storyteller. He's been telling stories since, you know, he was in his teenage years, probably earlier. And I'm pretty happy that, you know, their family keeps that type of... Um, theater and movie type of arts in their family because uh of his daughter she's in you know movies now too is is it just dallas that's it that's uh i think some of his other kids too but uh bryce uh dallas howard bryce is dallas howard, one of yeah she's one of the big ones right now so do you know the story behind why she has the middle name dallas uh i think it's from her mom um kind of so all his kids their middle names are the city where they were conceived interesting and a little dirty <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh you guys did okay yeah. that's nice that's good to know so you're like okay <laughs> how old how old how old is, uh is bryce okay and around this time he was in dallas filming this okay that's what he was doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know like I, I think ron howard with lawrence kasdan's script I think he's going to blow it out of the water. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a little worried about the Da Vinci Code uh, series. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think he he will probably knock this one out because he has a, a really big team. And the people at Disney and Lucasfilm would be on their A-games making sure that this is a great film. My final say on this is I think he's going to add a great element to the movie. The original directors, they apparently they're really good with comedy um, giving the character's personality. Ron mm -hmm. Howard is more, his focus is giving you drama, uh, depth to his characters, and just giving giving the the movie more of a reality. So that yeah, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you something interesting. He was supposed to, or he was approached by George Lucas to direct the Phantom Menace. Did he turn it down, or did Lucas change his mind? Ron turned it down. Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big project i mean you know uh it's the first movie too so people are expecting a lot i think that was too much pressure no and it was it's a big project but also he dodged a bullet because i think the problem there was the script not the the effects were amazing the acting was great it was just the, the i think the script was the issue the story the awkward um romance romeo and juliet yeah I mean, what the, what's the age difference there? Like eight years in the first yeah, movie? Yeah, it was a big gap. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Where, where do you want to move on to next? I don't know. What do you, what do you got? Well, since we, are, uh, we were talking about the Howard family. <laughs> okay. Some news just came out, and this is going to be a really quick announcement. Chris Pratt posted something on his Instagram. It's a logo of this little dinosaur creature, a skeleton. I don't know if you've seen it before. It's been in a couple movies with the text... The Fallen Kingdom. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, that that was the announcement that the Jurassic Jurassic World sequel has just been given an official name, The Fallen Kingdom. They're in filming right now. It looks like they've been filming for about two or three months. Yeah, I think the dinosaurs are trying to take back their land. 
Well, that's what animals do. The first movie kind of introduced that the, t- the animals were already kind of in their own little domain. That mm-hmm. Even though there were gates that separated them, that was their home. That, yeah. that, that was their piece of the island. I heard Jeff Goldblum's coming back. Yeah, I th- I've seen some pictures. <laughs> I've seen some pictures of him, but I I don't know if that was just them trying to get attention or what it was. But uh, yeah, so that's the part about Chris Pratt's post. Mm-hmm. And I think the poster itself has the caption, Life Finds a Way. Yeah, and since we're already on this topic of uh, Jurassic World, you know Colin Trevero, right? Yeah. I'm a little skeptic, well, or a little scared of his new movie that just came out that had a really bad review called Book of Henry. And he is about to direct episode nine of Star Wars. Well, Book of Henry was the one that, is it is it kind of like that movie Suburbia? Like the same, similar premise? I think so. The one like a kid is suspicious about neighbors? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Want to make sure I'm like, that sounds so familiar. What was the review or what what they say? They just said the, the story wasn't, you know, it didn't hold up. It's kind of, it is what it is. Nothing really. Yeah, it's just, it, it is what it is. But I mean, I, I have a feeling it's just a small story that he wanted to tell. A project. I think it was more, f- yeah, a project for, I think, more of kids movie instead of like, you know, uh, an actual film for adults. Yeah. And as I was going to say, it's like a dark Bridge to Terabithia, but Bridge to Terabithia was already dark as it is. Um, yeah. But that was the kind of feel that I got from it. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of people have been talking about his movie and they're kind of worried about uh, episode nine. But I don't know. It's still too early to way too early. say anything. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not even going to speculate on that one. But it's just way too early for everything. Yeah. And talking about dropping out as a director and stuff from Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. We had a pretty big movie that came out last year that a director dropped out. Which one? You saw Ant-Man, right? Yeah. How do you like Ant-Man? I liked it. It was very different than some of the other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. But the story was kind of uh, forced. Like it, it was it was very convoluted. I, I enjoyed the ride, and that's what I took it as. is just a kind of a roller coaster movie. But... There were so many story like plot holes. Yeah. And see, the reason why I'm asking is Edgar Wright, which we love most of his or all his. Well, I love all of all of his movies. He dropped out of Ant-Man. He was supposed to be the director and writer. Well, how early in the, in the filming did he drop out? Um, He dropped out before they started filming. Okay. So he yeah, he so, he really didn't have that much influence on it. Yeah, because he he finished writing the whole thing. Same thing happened, kind of similar to the Star Wars issue or the Han Solo issue. They had creative differences. You can judge Lucas Films for being possessive of their franchise all you want, but they get results. Except for Phantom Menace, they get results. Like they, the product they produce is what they want. Mm-hmm. And it seems that Disney carried that away when they. When they purchased the Star Wars franchise, especially with the whole uh, making the novels not part of the canon, mm-hmm. like they took the right, like like okay, Lucasfilms was successful because they kept they kept control of their franchise. Disney wanted to do the same by okay, we want to focus on this, and from this point forward, it will be our vision. Yeah. So I mean, because I mean, Disney learned uh, a lot of their lessons when they had a lot of those. IPs that they wanted to 
create and you know make a lot of money out of it but they lost a lot of money for example with john carter uh wait john carter from mars yes john carter from mars that was so and, bad yeah i mean i i, I enjoyed the movie it, it, it had a pretty good story and I, I know where i was trying to go and i, I was expecting a, a whole lot more actually you know but other than that it, it was a pretty big flop it did so it didn't involve this the, the book that was based on that was, that was the funny thing no, no. <laughs> yeah i was like this is not anything yeah so anyways edgar wright ant-man he drops out and what does he do he tackles another project right away which is baby driver it comes out uh this coming week yeah ne- uh, next weekend the 28th or 29th forgot it was yeah so i got a chance to see it early special screening and i have to say it is a awesome awesome movie I think it is the flick action flick of the summer that every everybody's been waiting for. Uh, besides, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think this is a good movie before Spider Man. Okay, so I've seen early trailers back in April, before we did our summer movie draft when I was like trying to gather mm-hmm. information. But the reviews I've been hearing lately is that the soundtrack plays a big part. Is that true? Oh yeah, it is freaking awesome. The way that he uses music in this movie is insane. I mean, we had a, a glimpse of it in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm-hmm. This one takes it to the next level. I mean, you already you remember that that first scene in Scott Pilgrim where they start playing uh, band music and then you see like these crazy camera pans. Yeah, it, it was more uh, sur- like surreal camera effects, right? Now imagine that. But none of the special effects, everything is replaced with real action. Okay. And everything is timed perfectly with the music. Because there's there are there are a lot of scenes uh, in this movie, Baby Driver, where everything, I don't know how they do it. They, they time it so perfectly and you know that there's no special effects. Okay, so the, the image I'm getting in my head right now is that scene from Kick-Ass near the end where hit girl has her music playing oh yes it, yeah that is awesome that that's basically this whole entire movie oh that's awesome like just at the timing the pauses and all that that's based on the music yeah all right all right now all right you sold it on me yeah dude it is so cool i'm not gonna try to spoil anything i'm just gonna talk about you know uh what i think about the talent of the movie huh. i think that, B- before you go over that can you quickly explain why it's called baby driver it's because uh the driver's name is baby okay and he is a he is a getaway driver kind of like the movie uh with um ryan gosling drive okay all right i, I thought it was gonna be more of a, a story related answer but all right I'll, i guess i'll take that <laughs> yeah i i think this movie is basically drive i mean drive is, has a, a great soundtrack too and everything uh they have a lot of blood and gore and this is kind of like the family version of it but more action wait wait what is this rated this is rated r because there's a lot of cursing in it so it's the family (laughs) version but it's rated r yeah i mean it's a family version uh that you know a lot of parents who allow their kids to watch rated r movies (laughs) should take their kids just like um deadpool i honestly didn't know what it was rated (laughs) i was just kind of like wait i've seen the trailer that doesn't seem like a family friendly movie (laughs) no (laughs) but it's a great movie to watch you know as a family uh that is into that type of 
you know. I I hope your fiance knows how great of a dad you're going to be one day. <laughs> hey, my dad took me to so many movies that I didn't even know when I was a kid that I wasn't allowed in those movies. But your dad is a uh, pretty much a grown up kid. Like he, <laughs> he was more yes. he was more into tech stuff than we were. Like the new gadgets that came out. Like yep. what was it like when the when the Nexus or the iPhone? I forgot which which one it was when it first came out. I think like the next weekend you were showing me it. I'm like, oh, how'd you get that? Oh, my dad bought two. He changed his mind about it, so he just gave me one. I'm like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> yeah, he he's a pretty cool guy. I mean, I grew up with a lot of the pop culture because of him. So it's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, remember, I, I remember going to your house and seeing, like, on your desk, uh, like, Alien vs. Predator, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, another thing about uh, Baby Driver is there's a lot of cheesy dialogues in this movie, but it's just another reason for them to come up with a clever setup for something so those cheesy dialogues they you, you don't even think about it anymore because it it just becomes something more than just cheesy dialogues it's like when you're listening to a cd album or whatever and there's like talking in between the tracks they're just trying to yeah. set up the mood for the next track yeah okay I'll, i i'll i'll play along i'll, I'll check it out yeah. So another thing is Edgar Wright, you know, uh, when you watch his films, there's a lot of those short action clip scenes like in Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. You know, those quick like um, just close up on like pressing a button and then another clip of feet moving. And yeah, the, he doesn't. The, the, the gimmicky. That's his signature thing. Yeah, that's his signature thing. And he didn't use a whole lot of that in this movie, which I'm really surprised because that's basically his, you know, bread and butter. In every single movie that he does. So it's like J.J. Abrams, but doesn't do lens flare. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how shocked so, you were. Yeah. So just to sum it up, it's a movie with what I always wanted in a movie. It's basically everything. <laughs> great, great music, great action, great talent, great cast. All right. All right. Great script. Next weekend, right? Yes, sir. All right. <sighs> Anton, my next couple stories, one will potentially break your heart and the other two a little bit on the fringy dark side which which one do you want do you want the bad news or do you want the worst news uh dark sounds like dark chocolate all right so you're going with the bad news okay Okay. (laughs) (laughs) what was your favorite candy bar growing up like as a kid oh man there's so many chocolate bar chocolate bar Mm -hmm. are you talking about the classic hershey okay so are you talking about snickers Okay, so those so Snickers and Hershey's are your go-to, and I, I I'm a big fan of Almond Joy. Okay, so the Almond Joy m- oh, might no. might be affected. The first the first two you might be safe. Okay, so I mean, growing up in California, you know that we tend to be part of the diet fads thanks to Hollywood. This is scaring Nestle so much so that they are actually thinking about selling their American candy brand, which includes Gobstoppers. Nerds, Butterfingers, and my personal favorite, Crunch Bars. Oh no! Yeah, this sucks because okay, they're they're looking to sell it. That that's they're not just like discontinuing it. They're looking to sell it. They're hoping that some other company will try to buy it. Um, I believe that Kraft wants to buy them, but this mm-hmm. is after they're, they're a pretty big big company. But this is after Hershey's already tried to buy them and failed. They sent in a bid and it wasn't high enough. Wow, they're probably asking for an arm and a leg. Yeah, I, I've been seeing different 
price points. All of it is just rumor. Uh, but yeah, this could be big hit for our childhood favorites. This, this is going to be, this might be one of those things when we're talking to our kids or grandkids, or whatever, that we say, back in my day, they used to sell this awesome candy bar. You kids don't even know nowadays what, what how awesome it was. So are they putting it on a halt? Uh, end of the year. End of the year. End of the wow. year. Wow. Yeah. So they're, I mean, right, so right now they're looking for bids, but that's the plan. If they don't get it, they don't sell it. End of the year, you might see the end of your favorite candy bars. That that kind of reminds me of you know the time when Twinkies basically went extinct for a while. Yeah, well, and, and that was bought by uh, Mexican candy. Oh no, Mexican bread bread making Bimbo? company. Bimbo. Bimbo, yeah, yeah. But but see, the thing is that worked because Bimbo already made a similar product to Twinkie. The, they were actually part of like the the Twinkie knockoffs. So yeah, they did a lot of marshmallow uh, cakes. Yeah, so but so for them it wasn't really a big change. It was honestly them just buying the recipe and the rights to sell it as the the Twinkie brand. Yeah, and they're doing a pretty good job with it too. Because uh, the other day I was at Costco and I saw fried Twinkies, frozen fried Twinkies. I have never been a big Twinkie fan. I'm more of a the is it the Ho Hos the the cup? Oh no, actually just the cupcakes. I like the Ding Dongs. Uh too 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 much of a thick crust. But I I've, <laughs> I heard that the Twinkies actually got better after bimbo bottom because they went more with the original recipe like they went back mm, to like the natural they went back to the the actual um banana cream and all that stuff you know i i really want a twinkie right now that sounds so good oh but one thing i do want to note my other favorite um chocolate bar oh, bars i want to say uh kit kat is safe from this because that is part of their inter- Nestle's international line. Yeah, because they they got so many different flavors, especially in Japan. Like, especially, yeah, <laughs> they got green tea, they got strawberry, they got a white chocolate, a bunch of other ones too. It's crazy. I love the dark chocolate one, dude. That one, it's uh, the the dark chocolate, the green tea is good, and I've tried um, kind of like an, an Oreo, an Oreo flavor. I think any kind of wafer that is covered in chocolate is delicious. So yeah, well, especially me being allergic to peanuts, my selection is limited. <laughs> hence, hence Crunch and uh, and Kit Kat, the occasional mm-hmm. uh, Twix. But that's so for the for the for Nestle to take this hit is a big hit in my uh in my selection. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, other than Almond Joy, I think my favorite candy bar would have to be the Milky Way. Uh, isn't that part of them? I think that's part of this. No, or is that Hershey's? No, that's part of Mars. Oh, Mars. Right, right, right. M&M's and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I guess you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Nestle does... Are they selling their ice cream uh, brands too? Or, or, or is it just the the candies? Right now, all I've seen on like New York Times, USA Today, all that stuff has been focused on the candy bars itself. And just the American candy bars. Yeah, because, I mean, Nestle does a lot of things. Yeah, so next time you go on one of those fad diets, not you, Anton, I'm talking to our listeners, think of the damage you're doing to our childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Buy more candy. Eat more candy, please. Yes, we'll do like the, you know how Chick-fil-A has their campaign that the cows didn't eat eat more chicken? Yeah. Yeah, we need to do something like that for for chocolate. Yeah, we should start our own campaign uh, and just show people if, if you really want to eat chocolate but not digest it, just chew it and spit it out. <laughs> just let it just savor in your mouth. <laughs> spit yeah, it just out. savor in your it's mouth. Like, you, you don't need to swallow. It's it. like wine tasting, right? 
it just yeah exactly you're oh this this bar is exquisite it came from japan it's uh it looks like it's a 2016 vintage it's oh delicious and yeah i think <laughs> that should be a new thing where you know tasting you just put it in your mouth spit it out can the campaign be don't be racist eat brown <laughs> or is that too much all right five 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 we're just brainstorming here. All right, Anton. Yep. <laughs> Moving on from my uh, terrible joke. So I have I have two science stories. Do you want to know why one conspiracy, or do you want to know how we're screwed? No, let's try to get both of them. <laughs> I guess I want to know how I can get. Well, I that, I I take that back. I don't want to say that. <laughs> I I don't want to screw anything. I just want to know why I would get screwed. It's not that you're going to get screwed, like, right away or by a specific thing. It's that it's we're on a countdown. As long as it's not a specific thing, that's fine. Well, actually, where, where you're at right now, your Orange County is going to be the least affected. Okay. At the United States. That's that that's fine by me. My Orange County is going to be slightly more affected, but still somewhat safe. So last weekend, which would be the week of the, the 15th, mm-hmm. Yellowstone National Park had its most earthquakes in a single week since 2012. Oh, gosh. Do you know what's in Yellowstone? Uh, The park itself? Yes, but what some people don't know is that there's a super volcano directly underneath the park. Like It's pretty much the park itself. It's that massive. Wow. So it's kind of like um, the volcano island in... Was it Maui? Bigger. Wow. This okay. That's intense. The the magma chamber for this volcano, actually the, I forget what it's called, but pre- pretty much what you would consider like the mouth of the volcano, is the size of the park, if not bigger. So yeah, that's insane because the only active volcanoes uh, right now is just in Hawaii. Is there one anywhere else? There's a few. Um, I, I think some of them are South America and then Netherlands and stuff like that. Yeah, because I remember driving from uh, Redding, California, up north to Lake Tahoe. There was a couple of places that I, I think there was one mountain that still had lava. Yeah, and there's still there still have lava because it takes decades, if not centuries, for the for the magma to fully. Cool down. Uh, yeah, to fully cool down. Um, even if it's not if it's not molten, it's still going to be uh, soft on the inside and still super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, back back in 20, 2010, 2011, um, I can't remember exactly when I went to Spain. By sheer luck, we I made it home in time because the two days later, that volcano in uh, Iceland began to erupt. And they shut down all travel between pretty much Canada, United, like the, the Americas, and Europe. Wow. So you would have to go the other direction to go home. No, they would. They, they just shut it down because it would cost the airlines more. Oh, wow. And, usually, and, and for people that don't fly overseas, the planes don't go directly over the water. And this is mostly because of, for safety reasons. If the plane, yeah, go- they gotta have some place to land. Yeah, they want to place some place to land, and also if they do have to, if, if they have to, if they have no choice but to crash, they're they're likely to crash on either the water or attempt to make an emergency landing on land. 
And if they crash on water, it's easier for rescue crews and all that to get to them faster. So when yeah, you're, so they have to go through Iceland. Yeah, so they'll they'll go along like the coast of Iceland, Ireland, all that stuff like that, and kind of hug, and then say you're going to the United States, you'll go through Iceland, Greenland, Canada, and then down the east coast to uh, Atlanta. Wow, that is a very long route, and yeah, there's no way you would go through Iceland like that. No, but okay, back to Yellowstone. The good and bad news is. That volcano has not erupted in 70,000 years. The bad news is that it's due based on its history. and So there's no time to visit that place anymore. It's too dangerous. Well, here, okay. No, the, you can still visit. And in fact, it's kind of trippy that the when you go to the park, they I think now they actually, part, it's part of their their learning of the of Yellowstone. They show you how much the ground has risen from the lava like building up underneath it and it's it's a it's a large amount dude it's <laughs> it, it, if you were to if you could see it it would it might look like the earth was breathing like over like you know decades wow i every time i think about volcanoes i always think about that movie with pierce brosnan in there which one? Oh, uh oh my god what was it called is it called volcano I think it's just called Volcano. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was a great movie. And was it? I, I, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I, every time I think of a Volcano, I always think of that movie because it was so intense. And um, yeah, they're trying. It's funny. They're trying to run away from a, a slow moving like Volcano. Like it's erupting, but it's like moving so slow. And it. I don't know. It, they just made it so dramatic that you're like oh my god that's horrible but if you really think about it it's just moving really slow you just need to gas it that the the the, the lava is probably going like at least like two miles an hour mm-hmm. when your car can go like 40 to 100 or you know it's crazy yeah, okay so that's that's the good thing about this volcano the is the well the good and bad thing about this volcano is the lava is not your fear at least not for the people outside of the Yellowstone. It's not like it's like the it's not like the ground is just going to turn into a giant like pop up as a volcano and shoot lava into the air. Your biggest concern is going to be the ash. Yeah, the ash from the eruption. Right. So put it this way, the epicenter itself is going to be about over a thousand millimeters of ash, like that's in the land. And by epicenter, I mean it's pretty much the size of Colorado. That's like the Colorado will be covered in a thousand millimeters of ash. That's a very big area. Yeah. So let me try to let me quick, quick little conversion. Yeah. Even for example, like whenever there's a forest fire in Southern California, it pretty much covers all of Southern California. Ashes are everywhere. All right. It's a, a little over almost three and a half feet of ash. That's wow. Going it's like those post-apocalyptic movies it, it kind of degrades from there uh to the point where me and near los angeles and orange county we would get about three to ten uh millimeters of ash and that's all the way over here dude that's not much it's about uh, like about half an inch of ash but yeah. you have to think ash is so fine that it's going to cause so many problems ash is so fine oh my god <laughs> <laughs> You mean Ash from uh, Pokemon? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like the 
the, the particles. Particles. Yeah. Okay. That's going to clog up filters. It's going to clog up. The, it's going to ruin cars, cause mayhem. For you, lucky bastard, you're only going to get about one to three millimeters of ash, which is still, yeah. it's still going to cause a lot of trouble. It's like for people that have AC, especially in Florida where you have AC units and stuff like that as, as a basic necessity, your filters are going to get clogged right away also. Yeah. But I think we're fine. But the only big thing that we have here is just hurricanes, which we're due. For another hurricane well, too. Yeah, your hurricane season was starting. But to finish up the whole Yellowstone conversation, the this would also... It, it wouldn't cause any extinctions, at least not of mankind, but it would lower... It would cause a, almost a mini ice age for us because the ash would stay up in the air for almost a decade. So it would block out part of the sun. Well, I think we're, we're probably going to find a way to clean it up as much as we can. The only reason why is because uh, do you think it might help our um, our climate change problem? See, okay, that's the funny thing you bring it up. That's exactly what I was thinking uh, when you said we'd clean it up. But the thing is, we can't even clean up the mess we're making now. Yeah, like like uh, like what they said in um, Bill Nye's new show. Uh, Bill Nye Saves the World. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's it would be funny, funny and sad. To see, like, the people that say climate change isn't real. To say, there's no ash in my air. <laughs> but maybe, like you said, maybe the ash can probably, uh, you know, cool down our Earth a little bit more. But, I mean, it, it's a horrible thing to have in the atmosphere. I don't know, dude. It, it's it's a really interesting topic. I mean, maybe we can use it to our own advantage. But the thing is, it's not, it's also going to have health problems, dude. That and, and I think that's the scariest part is, especially with like me that has asthma. Yeah. I, my, I, I rarely use, like, I've never had an asthma attack. I have an inhaler, which I probably use once a year. And that's mm-hmm. during just like the allergy season. That's when like, I feel, oh, I, yeah. feel I feel like wheezing and stuff like that. Um, I hate that in California. It's, it's everywhere, but yeah, I can only imagine people that already have respiratory problems or lung problems to have even a small amount of ash in the air. It just mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be terrible, dude. Are are if people complain about medical bills now and healthcare system, I can't imagine what it'd be like if something like that happened. Yeah. So other than that, what's your other story? Oh, okay. So that one is slightly um shorter, but it, it leads into a conspiracy that I have. Elon Musk announced that he is going to be moving his plans for colonizing Mars to a faster timeline. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe somebody on Twitter asked, "Do you do you foresee it within the next ten years?" And he just responds with a quit with a short. You'd be surprised how fast we'll get there. He said twenty twenty one, didn't he? No. Well, okay. There that that was for getting to Mars. He's talking about actually colonizing. Oh, he wants a lot sooner than that. Yeah, which I <laughs> that, uh, things kind of funny considering we just talked about super volcano. <laughs> um but my conspiracy theory is that how can i put this if there was life on mars at any point and i'm not talking about necessarily you know aliens that look like us i'm talking about microbial life or some sort of evidence of life and since the theory of panspermia is kind of gaining more 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 support and more more traction Mm -hmm. that you know the the theory of panspermia being that life originated somewhere else and earth was just kind of quote-unquote contaminated with it and that's where we came from maybe so it it is a possibility because uh you know the galaxy is so big yeah and according to the game spore that we played oh my god a while ago you have to stop somewhere if you were colonizing some some planet you know right but 
out of the whole ecosystem, out of all of the galaxies that are out there, our planet is the only planet that I think from uh, from all the other ones out there, I think we have the best solar system. Like we have a, a <laughs> why wait way to shame other solar systems. <laughs> no, we have a, a, you know the the sun is at a, a perfect distance. Everything seems to be, you know, at its, at the right place at the right time. You're such a planetary snob, Anton. Sorry, Polaris. Sorry that we're so awesome. Hashtag sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. But, but it goes to my conspiracy theory that if life, if there was any evidence of life on Mars, we would not know about it until after humanity started colonizing Mars. And the reason, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is, if one of our probes detected that there was either life now or life before on Mars, there would be a ban on colonizing Mars, and that would be. How can you ban something when it's on another planet? It'd be an international law, because it'd be even now. There's there's rules about like you know claiming an asteroid or claiming a planet. There there it's similar to international sea laws. Hmm. So I, that's my theory is if there was. Any evidence that there was life on Mars, it would be kept secret because then it would prevent the governments and co- private corporations from setting foot on Mars until enough research has been conducted and enough procedures have been put in place to not contaminate that evidence yeah, there, of life. There has to be some sanctions. And so, well, even okay. Uh, just a quick reference to a couple years ago. I don't know if you saw it. There was a special on either Discovery Channel or Nat Geo. They found a, a lake frozen underneath Antarctica. And they were trying to find... They, they were trying to explain the system that they have to get a water sample without contaminating the water. Hmm. So and so imagine that. like That's just on Earth where we have full control. We can easily get supplies there. So now imagine trying to set up a quality control on another planet. Man, that's tough. So that's that's my thought. If we ever, if if there's ever life, we will not know about it until after we're already on Mars and we're already there. Because then they'll go, well, we didn't know, but I mean, we're already here, so let's just do the research now. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the movie um, Martian that we uh, saw recently. With Matt Damon? Yeah. Was it Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Yeah, it was Matt yes, Damon. Yes, Matt Damon. I don't know. Life on there? I I think it's still too early to just go there. I mean, we we learn, you know, the whole planet, what they're what it's capable of um, uh, year-round for its own years. But from this distance, I, I think we're still in the infancy age of understanding that planet still. We are. And that, that's all the more reason why people want to get to Mars faster, because I think if once we're there, we'll be able to uh, study it in more depth. Yeah, it'll be crazy, like those movies, like Species. Remember that movie? Terrible when movie. When they go to Mars. <laughs> 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 yeah, or, you know, any of those other space movies. Wasn't there a sequel to Species? Yeah, Species 2. Oh, my God. And that was, that was even was worse, too. Wasn't it like, yeah, I think it was, it was a straight-to-DVD or something. Well, it was like, it was pretty much Species 2, the porn. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of that in that, yeah. that movie. All right. Well, I think um, I think I've had my science rant and conspiracy, uh, how do I put it? Theories. 
No, not even conspiracy theory. It's just conspiracy <laughs> mind Fs. <laughs> uh, for, I, I think I think the listeners have heard enough of that. So, if they want to hear more, how can they support us, Anton? They can buy us more beer. They can buy you more watermelon beer by going to www.the2oc.com. Go to the very bottom of the page and click that button. You can also buy some stickers and t-shirts. And I just realized that listeners are going to associate my rants with me drinking beer on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to follow me and listen to me when I'm not always drinking, and also check out Anton's posts, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the at the 2OC for each of those platforms. And also, if you want to contact us, tell us more about what you're interested in or give us some feedback, you can email us at mail at the 2OC.com. Oh, there's also a lot of stuff that we talk on the show that we can associate with stuff that you can buy on Amazon, which will be in the show notes. So you can support us by clicking on those links and purchasing some of the stuff that you probably like on our show that we talk about or anything that you can purchase at all on amazon any bit helps doesn't cost you anything extra it's a good way to support us and my conspiracy jabberings all right i think that covers everything is there miss anything nope that's it let's wrap it up all right thank you everybody for listening for the 2oc i'm alan flores and i'm anton duong have a good day later